freedom. Everyone has a concept about freedom associated with prison and different things, political freedom, social freedom, all these things. But here, what does it mean here? And here it means the human being becomes awake to the true, their true nature, not conceptually only, but as a living and ongoing, unbroken experience. I can come a bit more to talk about that, but that is just your reality. And where you are free from selfishness, from egoic influence, from being flooded out by thoughts and the pressures of life, from um, from fear, from depression, from the fear of death, from fear of life also, because some people are afraid of life also. And um, to find that natural joy and peace, which is not surrounded by a story or some context of something happening like you got a raise in wages or something like that, or that you have met someone interesting, not that type of happiness, the happiness which is synonymous with your own existence, and a deep, profoundly intuitive knowing that what you are is imperishable. Again, that what you are does not end at the end of this bodily life, and that you would know it beyond belief. How you know something like this beyond belief? You know, not that I believe in life after death. Not that. I cannot explain. You come to know with a certitude and a certainty that cannot come merely from a book. It has to be something announced inside your very being, and you just come to know. We don't know things only because of outward study of books or scriptures or practice or so on. There is another knowing that arises within us, you may say by grace, it just, or by somehow a kind of harmony or synchronicity with life, one just comes to, to know some things. And it is not so much a knowing of things, uh, but a knowing of what life is and who you are. But it is not a conceptual knowledge that you keep inside your mind. And the being who has woken up from the sleep, and this sleep I call the sleep of personhood, because all human beings are born, so to speak, with a conviction. They don't born with the conviction, but we at least are reminded or we develop a conviction that we are this body, primarily in some cases, and the conditioning that arises in the body, and we believe this so intensely that rarely throughout our lives do we question this it is regarded as a fundamental principle and fact but there are beings also who know that this is not true and that's a severe limitation 
upon what we truly are, and that it is possible in the lifetime, in this lifetime, we can we don't know about other lifetimes. Many many people tell you we have lived many, we are old timers at life. We have lived many, many lives. You may accept or maybe not accept. So let's take it at a ground that you are in this life and that in this life it is possible to awaken in the way that I've just described. To be happy and a happiness that's so broad that even moments of unhappiness or sadness can appear in it, just like clouds appear in the sky, but they cannot remove the sky. Different moods and thoughts and feelings can arise in you, but they cannot overwhelm you when you know the truth of who you are. And that for so many people, knowledge means something that you have. But here I'm talking about a knowledge that you are. It's not a knowledge about many concepts that we have and we believe in, but about your discovery, your self-discovery. It is our number one subject. Our second or number two subject is our number one subject. The number three subject is number one subject. Because all our focus is here. That my primary connection with you is to guide those of you in whose heart is pounding for freedom, who is desperate to know God, to find fulfilment while you are here, and that I won't be deferring you somewhere else, and to make use of that opportunity. And if you don't really believe it, because there are some who have this yearning, but we don't have the faith, is it really possible? And there are others for whom, when it is sensed the possibility is alive, strong resistances will come. And they are not new to us. But for anyone who sets out on a journey for self-discovery, you will meet resistances, primarily that comes from inside your own system, to distract you also, to raise up doubts within you, to slow you down, to introduce you to other things less challenging, to use up your time. and miss your chance. That I should only look to you to confirm, to say, Yes, Prabhupada, it is so. And not just have to take your word of mouth, but to see and to feel in your presence the power of your seeing. And that if there is delay, I would want to know why. Because I don't feel that I've come across a guidance that clearly comes from the true place that has made it so simple, actually. And yet, if the right earnestness and urge for freedom is not there, 
it can just become food for the mind. And the mind says, yeah, I know it. I can even recite it. But freedom is not going to be just for parrots, that you just can repeat, repeat, repeat what you've heard. You must be what you hear. Because we are not pointing to what you must become, but what you must rediscover and recognize, and at least in the beginning be faithful to it, to love it, to acknowledge it, until gradually the effort to be there falls away, and you find, but it's natural. It's natural. You see. And so I challenge the kind of complacency that can sit in. Sometimes we meet, and I have the chance to meet you more closely, and to to look at your seeing and how you meet life, and with what identity you are meeting life, and to point out. But wait, of course it's going to feel like that, because you are only living life in the idea you have of yourself, and not of the truth. And in a way that we can point it out also, and say, can you see this? And you can look and say, yes, I, I can see this. And from where are you looking? And you can confirm, ah, oh, yes, it feels like a, a place I know, but rarely visit. And we can continue looking, looking, until all the subtle delusions are dispelled. And you are again testifying, confirming your true place. It has to be so, and it has to be followed up, because many great masters have walked on this earth. They are disciples, they had satsangs, just like we have. But sometimes it's difficult to find their real disciple or their real follower. They get dispersed and they go back into some and say, Wow, but how can it be? How can it be? Because if we were here to say um, study, you know, to be a cook or something, or a mechanic or something, after one or two months, you must can, if you're a cook, you know, sort of like uh, make uh, some nice uh, pudding or something, bake a cake or something, make some nice al dente pasta or something like that. If you're a mechanic, you must can change a wheel or do an oil change or replace some spark plugs or something. You came for freedom. You've been here for some time. What is the evidence of your presence here? You see, you should not even have to speak up. But. If someone finds you crying in the corner because, oh, my relationship is in trouble, and you know, I need this, and da da da, they say, oh, oh, sorry, who are you? <laughs> Genuinely, uh, what you doing? We would be able, as a Sangha, to look and, and really help each other to look and see. It's not just saying the right thing. Saying the right thing actually is not good enough. You will get caught out here. If you say the right thing, you say, it's, you know, yes, yes, um, on paper what you're saying is correct, but in your vibration is not carrying that, that conviction, that power. You see? 
And it's not to catch each other out or to expose. No, simply to live up to the standard of your seeing. That is what's important. And that uh, when we um, Sometimes people say, Oh, but uh, Guruji, thank you for welcoming us to your home and we can stay here. It's your home. Your home too. If this was a place and that was gonna be my home, not one home this big. You can come and look at my hut. It's plenty big enough for me. You know, it's a place for satsang. And those of you who live here, even if you live here for six months or whatever it is, it's your home for that six months. Hmm? But this is your home forever. And you're here to discover that. I want to see if and when you come to that great understanding, an understanding which I say it is the greatest attainment, the greatest understanding in the human kingdom, for a human being to wake up to our God nature within the heart. But that at the same time, there are forces playing in the field of duality. There is not just goodness playing, badness is playing also. Forces to distract you from discovering the truth, to keep you preoccupied with perishable things, to put all your energy, to work all your life, to obtain things you would never belong to you. And even this body and identity that wants to enjoy them, you cannot keep. And here I am inviting you to find that which you really cannot lose, except in dreaming. And I have nothing against this world, because nothing that you see here is an enemy to you, except our own mind and the way that we use the mind. When we fall in love with perishable things, it's like falling in love with a cloud. Enjoy, enjoy. It's beautiful, so beautiful. Then it goes. Ah, it's good. Don't grieve. But you know, our emphasis is not even on that. I don't have to tell you do's and don'ts. I'm not here to lay down another set of commandments about anything. The old ones are good enough. But to observe and to follow the pointings, now you have invitation. You can listen. It will also reveal in you. Your true nature. And I have simple, over the years of spending so much time together, I said, Why? I don't want to speak so much anymore. I want to be able to say one word, or at least a sentence, and it will be enough for you, because the understanding will be completed inside your own heart, and you'll see, you'll say, Thank you, before I finish my sentence also. To cut, to cut the umbilical cord to the psychological identity, to know and to stand in the power of your truth, and to not keep on needing reminding, reminding, reminding. 
and I have a high standard for you, that my Sangha must be an awakened Sangha. If someone were to come and say, well, after all these years sitting with all these people, Guruji, is there even one person here who got it? And I'll be able to say, listen, point at anybody here and not see you going. Point anybody here. Let them speak for themselves, because I want to find out also. Who did I come here for? Yes, for you. And who did you come here for? For you. And I don't want my words and what they point at to disappear like, like uh, you know, fragrance in the wind. They have to land somewhere. They have to reveal something that cannot be blown by the wind. Because we did not come here for a new or alternative lifestyle. You came here for life, everlasting. To whom am I speaking? Thank you. Everything on this land supports awakening. God has put this grace here, everything on this land, and therefore all the beings on this land must support awakening. We must not be jealous of each other when you see one flowering into the truth of themselves. Yeah, it may shake you up, but for good reason. And it's easy to find things to be distracted by. If you divide your heart in two and give a half to your mind, you'll find many things to distract your attention, even here. Because if if the story is true, and Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, called Paradise, and was distracted, be sure you will be distracted on this earth. Okay? It's going to come. But don't just treat it as an enemy. So wise you'll become that you'll treat it as an aid, that it helps you to exercise your discernment, and to look, and to, and to sit, and to transcend, because Another name for life would be to transcend, to return to one's original nature. Because let's face it, quite frankly, where else? What else is really on offer? 
when everything is a cloud passing. Nothing wrong with clouds passing. Nothing wrong with clouds passing. In the realm of the changeful, hmm, let the changing, the changeful be. This body is also changing. This body is not the body that your mother gave birth to. I mean, this body, you know, yeah, okay. This body is not it. It's always changing, and also your mind, your self-image, meaning the idea you have of yourself, is also changing. But as you know, there's something that's not changing. In this in this world, very little credit is given to that, because largely it is unrecognized. That which I'm not even going to give a value to it, because it's higher than value. It is the real. We have not fully discovered recognize, acknowledge, or even venerate the truth of ourself. Therefore, for many, it still remains, God is a stranger on this planet. I am putting it that if that is a fact for you, your time has come to change. If you live your life only in the light of personhood, it will not be enough. It will be just another chapter in an ongoing book. Because I'll keep standing in the place where I am. What I mean by that, I'm not saying this body will be here for I don't know how long. I'm asking you make use of this time we have, because I have nothing to share with you but this. And I have not come to give you any souvenirs of truth or freedom. And I am not here also to impart a story for you to believe in. For the Lord of the Universe is not a story. And pure consciousness is not a story. If it was a story, it would be limited. And He is not limited. Nor are you in the Truth. But in personhood, all are limits. And you know, there is nothing wrong with personhood per se, except that it is 
an inadequate representation of what you are. And even awakening to the truth, you may continue also to go by your old name and old job. All this, nothing wrong with that. But a new light will be present there in you. I cannot look upon this world and say, Oh, it's just a dream. Uh, forget about it. Uh, it's God's dream. Know it. And if you perceive it in the right way, it will return you to yourself. There's nothing wrong with having a job. Even the ego is. Uh, it's. A, it's just. A, it's so superficial. To what is. And this discovery is available for you, each one who is here. So either you prove me to be false, or you prove me to be true. And I won't give you too much time. Because whatever it takes, you have it. There are some forces working inside our mind, uh, and in the in the realm of personal identity, <clears throat> that maybe you're not aware of them. They're so subtle. But as your mind is coming into the light of your heart more and more, you'll begin to see that which does not serve the truth in you. That is not in service to peace, to a peaceful life to a life of joy and wisdom. And as you begin to recognise them, because they are there in everyone, they live in the shadows of or blind spots of your seeing. And all human beings who are dressed in personhood have a lot of blind spots. But as you come into the light of grace, and grace is with you, otherwise you could not be here actually. Let's get that right. You might be here for a day, but not much more. The more you choose in your heart and are pulled into your seeing, the more you begin to fall in love with it. Your farm, your your house becomes like a, a glass house where these forces cannot hide. And when you see them, you know, it's not a big fight. Your seeing of them, your exposing of them, uh, is a, in a sense it's almost as though they lose their power in the light of your recognition. It's not that you have to go and beat them up. They lose their influence when you become more clear as to who you are. So don't be afraid. In this life, you have to fall in love with God, with truth. You have to be lovers of what is real and what is true. Not merely survivors and sufferers. The more you become alive to what is true in you, 
your life flourish with that uh, presence, that power, that seeing. I'm just reminding. And we have done little else other than point the way. It's not even our way, even. Because every way is a way. It's not even a way. All ways are paths going somewhere. But what I'm trying to show you is unsplittable. It has no distance. It's right here in the core of what you are. If there's a way, it's only a way, not a physical distance, but a way of understanding, that's all. Of recognition, that is all. So blessed and fortunate we are. That your way back to yourself need not be a way of strenuous activities, torturous paths. It can be simple and it can be difficult. If you are full of resistance and ego, it will be felt like it is not even interesting. You will not even be interested. But if you have tasted, and here there is taste in abundance, then that will trigger sufficient aspiration in you. So that you are not left merely waiting for a sense of conviction. So today I've included everybody who's here to say, uh, is there anyone here that I should leave out of this invitation? No. All who are here are hosts for those who are to come. And they are your family, the family of the Spirit. Sometimes it's even closer than the family of blood, because it's a family of your heart. So render service to them. You don't have to over-love, because that can be a nuisance. You know? but make way for them, serve them. That's it, for the moment, I can say. And thank you for your attention. More thanks for your openness. And for your urge. Because it can be in this life that the mind, the psychological mind, Maya, 
offers you so many toys because we have senses, say five senses, and the mind and the power to imagine and to desire and all of this. There is uncountable numbers of opportunities to pull our attention this way and that way towards the possession of objects or for the pursuit of momentary pleasures in this life. For one whose mind is turned towards truth, rare. Towards full discovery, who is not looking for a trade-off with God, for looking for freedom because you are compelled to not stop or to delay. Rare, rare, rare. But even for one, it's worth it. Every now and again, a being is revealed in this life. One man, two thousand years ago, gave up his life. Now, two thousand years later, people are still seeking and having a connection with him. 2,500 years, another one forgot all about himself. In 2,500 years, no one can forget about him. 1,400 years, another one come. They are coming. I don't want to put hundreds of years between. There has never been a time on this planet when there has been without awakened beings. I am only saying it is time. You are one of them. Now, that may be my delusion, an overgenerous idea of the human possibility. But knowing that you are that already, beyond doubt, there only remains the recognition of that, and the flowering of that recognition. Am I speaking to you? Yes. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. And um, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah, Alhamdulillah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you. Mashallah.